Reboot your credit card with Apple Card. It gives you unlimited daily cash back that can earn 4.15% annual percentage yield when you open a savings account. A high-yield, low-effort way to grow your money with no fees. Apply for Apple Card now in the Wallet app on iPhone to start earning and growing your daily cash with savings today. Apple Card subject to credit approval. Savings is available to Apple Card owners. Subject to eligibility. Savings accounts by Goldman Sachs Bank USA. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. That shit crazy. On a Saturday. It's All Even with your boy, Barry Grant. You can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at All Even Podcast. You can listen to the show on Podbeam as well as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Deezer. I'm all over the place. Wherever you find your favorite podcast, I'm there. And trust me, go to YouTube, hit that subscribe button, like, share, and comment because the page is growing, baby. I don't know how many times I got to tell you. Get on that wave before it hits you in the face. Get on that wave. Lots to get into. It's a hot-ass Saturday. We're going to talk about the Mets. We're going to talk about the Yankees and how well they're doing. We're going to talk about that play-in for the AFC last night between the Grizzlies and the Warriors. We're going to talk playoff basketball as it's going to go down today. We have phone a friend, Gabby Rosenthal, returns to the show to talk about her beloved Knicks. And then the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. So let's just jump right into it. Jam-packed Saturday, as I said. Lots to get into. Let's start with baseball. The Yankees are on a tear. They are playing great baseball right now. They won their game in walk-off fashion last night. Glaber Torres hits a homer. Then later on, singles in the game-winning run. The Yankees win the game 2-1. to one. They're now 26-19. and 19. Does anybody remember the 5-10 and 10 start? Hell, I do. I remember because I was talking about it, saying that the Yankees don't look well. They don't look good, but they've weathered the storm. The offense picked it up. They're starting to score a lot of runs. They're getting timely hits. The pitching has been phenomenal. We know what Corey Kluber did with the no-hitter. We know what Garrett Cole is doing with his strikeout-to-walk ratio. It's just ridiculous what he's doing. So they're starting to round into form. They're playing well. They're having fun. They look like they're a cohesive unit. So kudos to the Yankees for getting it done. Uh, The White Sox are also a pretty good team as well. So they beat a good team last night. So everybody that thought the Yankees were dead, they need to eat some crow right now. I I possibly need to eat some too because I thought that they didn't look good. But they definitely have responded well. They have a lot of good veterans on this team. They have a lot of power bats as well. They have a good mixture. So, you know, and Duhar, he came up, stepped up as well for them. So kudos to the Yankees for doing what they're doing. They look like they're, they're going to be, you know, a pretty decent team going forward. I, I picked them to represent the the American League in regards to the World Series. So let's see how things continue to progress as they're really just one game out of first place in the American League East. You know, the Red Sox, they're still playing well, but, you know, six and four in their last 10. The Yankees are eight and two in their last 10, so they've closed the gap. This is going to be a tight race all year. Both of these teams are pretty good. 
Can't wait to see them go head-to-head more. You, you know, Yankees-Red Sox is always a great watch. So, like I said, I, I like what the Yankees are doing. I don't hate the Yankees. I, I don't really hate them. See, it's the fans that I don't really agree with sometimes. But Yankees, you know, they're, they're fine. They're a, they're a reputable organization. They've done things the right way for a long, long time. Uh, Brian Cashman, uh, you know, jury's still out to me with him in regards to certain moves that he makes. But, you know, he's solidified. He has a championship. So I don't ever think that his job is ever going to be in question or jeopardy. So if your team is doing well before Memorial Day, you know, it's always a good sign. If your team is struggling bad and your record is bad a little bit before more Memorial Day or after, you got some concerns. You know what I'm saying? So Yankees, I, I'm sure they wanted to get right before Memorial Day, and that's what they've done. They're on the right path. They may end up going on a tear like they're not on a tear now, but they may go on a significant tear. So let's see exactly what happens within the next, you know, 20 days or so. On to the Mets. The kids from Queens, they're in first place right now. They had a win last night, 6-5 to five, as they beat the Marlins. Rookie Khalil Lee has the game-breaking RBI, and, and the Mets end up winning the game. Marcus Stroman had a great game. He pitched six innings, two runs, two earned, eight Ks. So the Mets pitching has been really, really good. Uh, I think Lindor starting to pick the bat up. He went two for five as well. Had a double. And they're they're in first place. That's the good part. The bad part is that the injuries are starting to pile up. You had, you know, Pete Alonzo. He's on the IL. You have, you know, uh, Conforto. He's already there. So there's a lot of bad things that are happening to the Mets. But they're still being resilient. They're still winning games. They're actually pushing through. And that's a testament to the team. And I really have to give kudos to Luis Rojas as well. You know, I kill him constantly, but it's definitely, uh, I got to respect him. I got to see a little bit more. I want to see how he handles adversity a little more before I possibly change my tune. I don't think I am. I, I, I still don't think that he's the right manager for this team. But if he does continue to battle on and get this team through these hard times, with these injuries, uh, this mass unit that's playing right now, then shouts to him. Shouts to him. I don't think my opinion is going to change about him much, but shouts to him for keeping the ship together right now. So do I feel that the Mets can be able to continue to be in first place? It's a weak division right now. Nobody in the division is playing well outside of the Mets. Uh, the Phillies are under 500. The Braves are under 500. The Marlins are under 500. So can I expect any of those teams to be able to make a significant run? Yeah, I can see the Braves putting it together. I can see them winning, you know, 10 out of 15 games at some point. They can definitely do that. They have the talent. Can the Phillies do that? I don't really know. They do have some bats that I like, but the pitching is a little shaky in my opinion. So this division may just be the Mets if they continue to just play well, get timely hits, get their guys back. You know, Syndergaard is coming back at some point. Carrasco's coming back at some point. You're going to get... Lugo back at some point. So the pitching is not going to be the problem. It's situational hitting. It's getting those clutch hits. And it's definitely been a problem across Major League Baseball as a whole. You know, everybody looks like they're struggling. There's six no-hitters. That's the most in the history at this point in the season. You know, they're going to crush the record. 
So it's, you know, there's there needs to be a return back to regular hitting. Guys that are just contact guys, guys that know how to get on base, guys that can be able to hit the ball to any field, situational hitting, small ball. That's where the game needs to go back to. This home run crap, strikeouts are okay crap, I don't like it. Home runs have always been a part of the game. That's not my issue. It's the point that strikeouts are just looked at as, ah, it's no big deal. Just just try to get a walk and get on base. Like, no, teach these guys how to hit. What happened to teaching guys how to hit? It's a whole analytics nonsense that I don't like about baseball is that the analytics have completely taken over how you evaluate players and how you train players now. You're not training players to be, you know, contact hitters. You're training them to hit the ball out of the ballpark. Don't worry about striking out 295 times in the season. It's okay. Just as long as you hit 35 home runs, it's okay. No, it's not. It's not okay. They need to learn how to hit. So I want to see the Mets continue to, you know, be focused, uh, play as a team. They're having fun together. I like that. I like the camaraderie on this team. I like the leadership from the player standpoint. I really do like this Mets team. I really think that they have a special unit here. Uh, I think DeGrom is, you know, you know how I feel about DeGrom. He's a Hall of Fame talent. He's going to end up being the best pitcher in Mets history. You know, Tom Seaver is the GOAT right now, but DeGrom is definitely in the conversation. But this Mets team, you know, like I said, they're very fun to watch. And they're in first place. And they're the kids from Queens. So, you know, all of those things wrapped into one. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's always great. It's always great. So, shouts to the Mets for being in, in first place. Shouts to the Yankees for being a game out of first place and turning their season around as well. New York baseball is looking good. Both teams are winning. Both teams are, are, are having some success right now. So, I love to see it. Love to see it. On to basketball. We had the play-in game last night between the Golden State Warriors and the Memphis Grizzlies, and it was a great game. Steph Curry, 39 points. Draymond Green ended up with a triple-double, 11 points, 16 rebounds, 10 assists. Uh, Andrew Wiggins had another good game, 22 points and 10 rebounds. Jordan Poole came off the bench with 19. But the Memphis Grizzlies continued to fight and pushed it to overtime, and that's when John Morant took over the game. 35 points for John Morant, 6 rebounds, 6 assists. Jaron Jackson Jr. had 10 points in 15 minutes. So they got contributions from everybody. Dylan Brooks struggled with his shooting, but still finished with 14 points. His defensive prowess and aggression on that side of the basketball really gives the Grizzlies an identity. They have a gritty, in-your-face, we-don't-give-up type of identity. I love this team. I love John Morant, the point god. That's who he is. He's a transcendent player. I can see it. He's going to be that guy that we all speak about at the point guard position that's going to revolutionize the point guard position. Like I said, he has Russell Westbrook ability, and he also has the IQ as well as he's still young to figure it out. He's going to bulk up a little bit more. The guy is going to be an, an unstoppable guard. He really is. And he's already in two years had this Memphis Grizzly team, this organization, believing that they can be able to rise to new heights. Two seasons, they're in the playoff chase. Can't say the same thing about the other team with the other guy that everybody wants to say may be the next savior of basketball, (laughs) Zion. But my thing is, 
that Memphis is ready. I think that they're going to give Utah a big run for their money because Utah has some injuries right now. Spider's not healthy. And when you got Rudy Gobert on your team, I don't know how confident you can be in regards to how they're going to be able to get through that series. Now, do I still feel that Utah can win? Of course. But I definitely give Memphis a fighting shot in that series to be able to shock a lot of people. That's all I'm saying. On to the Golden State Warriors. Their season is over. Steph Curry's stellar season is over. Um, they don't have anything to really be upset about. Nobody picked them to be here. Nobody thought that they would actually have a shot at being in the playoffs to begin with. So, you know, their season has not been a disaster. It's been a success. Kudos to Steph Curry, but I got to needle them a little bit. I have to needle them a little bit. Are all those people that saying that Steph for MVP should be a thing, is it, is it still a thing? Because they're not in the playoffs, so it's, is, it, is it still a thing? Because I don't think it is. I don't think it ever was. Great season, but there's no way you're going to win an MVP being an eighth seed or being outside of the playoffs. It just, that just doesn't work. So they'll be able to come back next season with Clay, Draymond, the bunch, and hopefully be able to get that old feeling back, that championship feeling back in Golden State. I'm here to tell you that there is not going to be a reunion type of situation where the Golden State Warriors are going to get back to dominance. Those days are over. They're going to be a good team. But those days of being a championship contender, it's over. It's over. So I want to see what decisions Steph makes come after next season because he's going to be a free agent. And I can't see Steph leaving, but I can also, in the next breath, see Steph leaving if he thinks about, do I want to have another shot at winning some championships? And I don't really mind being a second or third fiddle. If he has that type of mindset, look for Steph to find an opportunity to go somewhere that gives him a shot to win a championship. And it just may be in the same state. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So I'm, I'm curious to see what steps the Golden State Warriors uh, take in the offseason, what moves they make. Is Andrew Wiggins going to be back? Is he going to be a staple on his team, or are they going to look to move that contract out to get a little bit more flexibility to see if they can get into the running to go get another big piece? Who the hell knows? I'm curious to see what Bob Myers and that particular organization in front office do. Very, very interesting. Um, to see what happens. But we have playoff basketball to speak about now. Saturday is jam-packed. The first game starts at 2 between the Bucks and the Heat. Bucks are the favorites in the series, in my opinion. Miami beat them last year. They had a favorable matchup and went to the NBA Finals. Can they be able to repeat that? I don't necessarily think so. How do I feel game 1 is going to go? I think the Bucks come out strong in game 1. I think the Bucs win this game 115 to 105. Giannis has a good game. I think that Drew Holiday ends up being the X factor in this game as well as the series. P.J. Tucker with his great defense, he's going to be able to be a pest and an annoyance to everybody on that Miami Heat roster. 
So I look for the Bucks to be able to win this game, win it cleanly, win it easily, and take game one and control of the series. Next game we have is going to be between the Mavs and the Clippers. Clippers are the obvious favorites in this series to win the series. They are the four seed going against the five seed uh, Mavericks. They're not the favorites in my opinion. I think the Mavericks have a legit shot in this series. All they have to do is possibly get a split here in Los Angeles and they have the advantage because I don't trust Paul George. Neither of those guys can be able to stop Luka. So if you can't stop Luka, who's going to be the guy to be able to do it? I'm not sure. Who's going to be able to hit that clutch shot for the Clippers? Not sure. Because the guy that actually hit big shots in their history in this particular era of Clippers basketball is gone. Sweet Lou's gone. So who is going to be the guy? Are you going to rely on playoff Rondo to save you? It's possible. But can we expect that same playoff Rondo that was with the Lakers last season? I don't see it. I don't see it. So if I'm going to pick a winner here in game one, I got the Mavs stealing game one, 105 to 97. Luka ends up having a great game, 30 points, nine rebounds, 15 assists, and ends up dominating. They can't stop him, and the Clippers can't hit a shot. That's my prediction. Next game we're going to have is going to be the Celtics, the seventh seed against the two seed Brooklyn Nets, the darlings of the NBA. Everybody loves the Nets. Everybody loves Harden and Kyrie and KD and the bunch, and Brooklyn is all happy, and, you know, they have every right to be happy. They have a favorable matchup here against the Boston Celtics. Celtics don't have Jalen Brown. They don't have much offensive firepower, in my opinion. So it's going to be the Jason Tatum show all series. But here's the problem that Boston is going to find is that Jason Tatum can be able to go out there and average 40 for the playoffs, right? 40 for the series. But there's somebody on Brooklyn that can be able to offset that. Kyrie can go for 40. Harden can go for 40. KD can go for 40. And that offsets his points. So who is going to step up for the Celtics to be able to help out with the scoring? Kemba Walker is a proven scorer, but he's been banged up all season. So who is, who is it going to be? Pritchard? No. Tristan Thompson, no. They, they don't really have much firepower here. Maybe Evan Fournier can be able to turn into that guy that can be able to give them 20-plus points in this series. But I just think that Boston is going to have a very, very difficult time. But if there's one saving grace for the Celtics, it's the fact that Brooklyn has not played a lot of games together. I'm talking about the big three. So we're going to see how they handle adversity, how they handle, okay, whose turn is it to get going, how they space the floor, how they maneuver around each other. They've only been around each other for like seven or eight games. Can they be able to have some cohesion this late in the season? Because you don't build chemistry in the playoffs. You got to build chemistry a little bit before that so you're riding that wave going into the playoffs. So let's see exactly what happens. I think that's the only saving grace that Boston has in this series. But if I'm going to pick a game one winner, I'm going to pick Brooklyn. Brooklyn, 125. Celtics, 105. Brooklyn has an easy win. I think Kyrie ends up going for 37. I think KD puts in his 20-plus. Harden ends up having 22 and probably 10 assists. So they're going to be able to get it going. I just want to see how they play off of each other in a playoff game. I don't care about regular season. It's all about now. It's all about adjustments. 
Brad Stevens is a proven good coach. He's been in the playoffs before. Steve Nash has not. So already in regards to the coaching uh, advantage, I got advantage Brad Stevens. Is that going to be enough to win the series? Possibly not. But I'm not a believer in Steve Nash as a head coach. I'm really not. I think he's just there as a, as a face. Jacques Vaughn is the guy. Jacques Vaughn has always been the guy, in my opinion. Jacques Vaughn should have been the guy to get the job outright instead of being the highest paid assistant coach. That's just my opinion. So I, I'm, I'm curious to see how Brooklyn uh, comes out, but I do think that they're going to have an easy win tonight. The last game for the night is going to be between the Nuggets, the three seed against the six seed Portland Trailblazers. This is going to be an exciting series. I can't wait to see how the Nuggets respond, not having, you know, Jamal Murray to offset a Dame. Dame is going to go nuts in this series. Is it going to be enough for Portland to be able to overtake the Nuggets in this series? I'm not sure yet. I need to see a couple games before I give you an opinion. But game one, who do I feel has the advantage? Honestly, I have Portland winning game one. I think Portland's going to come out ready. I think Dame Lillard is going to come out ready. I think they have the bigs to be able to contest against Jokic. I think they have good defense. They have good depth. Carmelo Anthony's playing well. CJ's still here. They have a good team. I just want to see exactly what happens in the series. But I think that game one, I got Portland winning this 117-109. Dame goes for 37 points, seven assists. They end up stealing game one and swinging the series going back to Portland. So, you know, I, I just don't, I don't know if Jokic is going to be enough, but they have good pieces. So are those pieces going to be able to step up? Who's going to be the X factor in the series? I have to see it may just be Michael Porter Jr. You know what I mean? He has to step up. The fact that Murray is not here, he has to be the guy to say, listen, I'm going to be that second guy. I'm going to make sure that I put some pressure on this Portland defense that is improved, but they still have some holes to fill. So we're going to see how this plays out. I love this series. I think this is going to be one of the best series in the first round. So I'm very excited to see this game. Let's go ahead and move on to Sunday's matchups. You got the Lakers and Suns kicking everything off. Lakers are the seventh seed. Suns are the two seed. This has never happened in NBA history where a seventh seed is the favorite to win a series. But we all know that the Lakers are not a traditional seventh seed. So this is why this matchup is going to be very, very interesting. Chris Paul versus LeBron. You have AD going against, uh, you know, Aiton. You have Drummond going against Aiton. You got Booker, who's really one of the best young players in this league. Who has the advantage? Advantage Lakers. Advantage Lakers at almost every position. I do believe that the Lakers are going to win game one. 120-109. LeBron James and Anthony Davis get it going. And Alex Caruso shouts to him. He's going to have a big job on his hands trying to contain uh, Chris Paul as well as Devin Booker so we're going to see exactly what happens it's going to be a good series I, I don't feel that it's going to be a particularly quick series I do have the Lakers in six is it going to be a competitive six absolutely they're not going to blow the doors off of Phoenix every game I, I don't see that happening but I do see the Lakers winning game one and winning it pretty comfortably next game we're going to have is between the eighth seed Wizards against the number one seed in the east Philadelphia 76ers. Who do I have winning this particular game? 
I had the Sixers winning game one, 110 to 97. Ben Simmons is going to be a defensive problem for the Washington Wizards, a problem. And Embiid, he is the most unstoppable guy in this league. I don't know who the the Wizards are going to be able to throw at him to even have a shot. This is going to be a tough matchup for the Wizards. Do they have a chance to win some games in this series? Absolutely, because they have two dynamic stars on their team. But they're not going to be able to win this series. They really don't. They, the, the odds are stacked against them in such a way because Joel Embiid is such a matchup problem. He's my regular season MVP. That's my opinion. He's the most dominant player in the NBA. Sixers take game one comfortably, and they control the rest of the series, in my opinion. Next game we're going to have is what everybody's actually been waiting for, Hawks and Knicks. Hawks are the five seed, Knicks are the four seed. They have the home court advantage. Everybody in New York is excited. The Knicks are back in the playoffs. They actually have a team that you can be able to hang your hat on and, 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 and have some pride about. So who do I feel wins game one? I got the Knicks winning this game 105 to 95. The Knicks end up dominating this game defensively. They're one of the best defensive teams in all of basketball. Trey Young is going to have a good series. He may not end up really having a good game one, but he's definitely going to have a decent series. I think Julius Randle and the bunch are going to be able to control this game from start to finish. Uh, Julius Randle has the advantage in this series. I don't see that anybody can be able to guard him on that end. So they're going to have to just learn how to hit some timely shots, hit those timely shots, and they'll be in control of the series. Who do I feel has the advantage in the series? I have the Knicks having the advantage in the series. I think the Knicks, if they play their cards right and get to the second round of the playoffs and possibly play the 76ers, that's going to be a tough series for the Sixers. Not saying that the Sixers may not win it, but it's not going to be easy. It's really not going to be easy. That's going to be a really, really good matchup. But let's not project forward. Let's focus here on the first round because the Hawks are definitely a good team. They are a well-coached team. Nick McMillan is one of the best coaches in the NBA. You see exactly what he did with this team. Once he got there, that team took off. They took off. They had one of the best records in the NBA since he's gotten here. So the Hawks are not a team to be able to just say they're a pushover. This is going to be a tough series. I have the Knicks winning this series in seven, but it's going to be a tough series. So, you know, let's not kind of think that the Hawks are going to lay, lay down and roll over here. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're going to fight. They're going to make it tough on the Knicks, but I do have the Knicks winning the series. And then for the nightcap, you know, I, I spoke about this a little bit earlier, the Memphis Grizzlies, the eighth seed, going against the number one seed, the Utah Jazz. The point god, Ja Morant, is going to have a field day in the series. They can't stop that kid. They're not going to be able to stop that kid. It's just that can the Memphis Grizzlies, as a team, hit some timely shots? Can they get some threes going? Can they play some defense? Can they get Valachunas and Jaron Jackson Jr. Some, some minutes? And can they be effective? Can they be able to slow the Utah Jazz down? I, I think they can. I really do think they can. I think they're going to be able to make this a very difficult series. And like I said, when you have Rudy Gobert on your team, I'm not picking you as a favorite. So I got Memphis winning game one. They're riding high off that Golden State game. 
Memphis wins this game 119-115. The point guard ends up going for 40 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists. They can't stop him. Rudy Gobert probably scores 11 points and 19 rebounds, a couple blocks, and, you know, it doesn't really have that much of an impact offensively. That's, you know, but do I feel that the Memphis Grizzlies are going to win the series? I'm not going to go that far. I do know that they're going to make it hard on the Utah Jazz to win the series. So I'm definitely curious to see how the uh, the series plays out. I don't trust Rudy Gobert at all. At all. Call me crazy. Call me a hater. Whatever you want to do. I know what I see out of Rudy Gobert, and I'm not impressed. Not impressed. So let's get ready for a jam-packed weekend in regards to playoff basketball. I'm excited. I got my popcorn ready. I got my Where's Waldo George shirt ready, pressed for the series. I can't wait. Coming up after the break, phone a friend with Gabby Rosenthal. She returns to the show to talk about her beloved Knicks. On a Saturday, it's all even. Yo, it's your man DJ G Money for that Flip the Script podcast. Yeah, 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 we yeah, in the studio right now. Flip shut up. Yeah. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, 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 listen. Shout out to the All Even podcast. My oh, man Barry oh, Grant Jr. Whoa, whoa, What's up, whoa, man? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What happened? What you, you, you want to say to the people? Shout out somebody else's podcast. Yeah, my man is What's up? All Even. All Even podcast. Yo, it ain't even up here, boy. <laughs> we put this yo something. All Even. Yo, you. Oh my God. What's up with you, man? Now you well, that's a shout out. You keeping this? Yeah, keep all that. <laughs> you want your podcast? All even podcast, right? Yeah, all even. That's your man? That's my man. All right, shout out to all even podcast. 100% equal. Is he equal? Let me see. Is he cool? Is he? Welcome back, y'all. So let's get to my favorite segment. Phone a friend. Call him up. Call him up. Call him up, 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 call him up. Competing for a reason, trying to stay undefeated, yeah. Call him up, 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 call him up. Game of the season, don't lie, we're all leaving, yeah. Who we have on the show today is a returning guest. She's a co-host on Kicks and Shit. She has her hands in a whole bunch of other stuff because she's always so very busy. Big time Knicks fan. Welcome back to the show, Gabby Rosenthal. What up, fam? I'm so happy to be here, and I'm so happy that you mentioned the Knicks. <laughs> Listen, I, I I have to mention the Knicks because, you know, the last time you were on the show in this very infant stage in regards to phone a friend, um, <laughs> you know, I talked about the Knicks and said, listen, they're doing a lot of good things, and they'll never make the playoffs, so everybody has to relax. So, on behalf of the All Even Podcast show, I have to issue an apology. <laughs> I mean, I'm here for that. I don't know if we need to roll the tapes back on that one, but uh, I might have said I'm, I'm hoping for at least like a playoff spot, even if it's the eighth seed. So right. I'm also going to issue an apology for underestimating this yeah. change. I mean, I think everybody underestimated it, but, you know, I'm, it's an honor to be nominated. I'll put it that way. Well, well, I mean, here's the thing. You know, I think Nick fans have had a lot of trauma in their past. So for them to be, you know, a little bit pessimistic in regards to how the season was going to go, I can I, I understand that. But 
And I also understand the other side of it where it's like, okay, it's time to win. We have to win now. But the side that I don't understand, Gabby, is the projection fans. And what I mean (laughs) by that is the people that say, okay, now we're in. We really have a shot to get here. Why can't they just enjoy the ride? It's been such a, a lovely season in regards to seeing guys develop. Julius Randle is almost guaranteed to be an all-NBA player, where whether it's a, a third team or a second team, he's going to be on it. And, you know, I just want Nick fans to kind of just appreciate the totality of what they saw this year rather than project out and say, hey, we really have a chance if everything goes well to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. It's not really about that this year. Like, they're kind of, you know, ahead of schedule. Do you agree with that? I completely agree with that. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, it's very easy in New York. You feel the energy, especially when you're by the garden, to buy into the hype. You know, I feel like the Nets are like one emotional breakdown from being out. So (laughs) it's going to be an interesting ride to see in general. Um, But I agree. I mean, we're on borrowed time right now. We were, we weren't supposed to be here. So anything is a plus, but like, you can tell that New York is hype. I mean, we've gone from 50% capacity in the arena to 70% capacity, basically overnight. The garden sold out for the next two nights. Um, Nets are still trying to give away some tickets. I don't know. You know, maybe I could enter some raffles and go to a Nets playoff game. I think, you know, no shade at the Nets. I think the Nets deserve everything that they've, they've gotten this season, but it just shows that New York is a Knicks basketball town, no matter how good the Nets are. I mean, and I've said this and, you know, first take did a really good interview with Pete Davidson and, uh, and basically he said that unless the Nets win the championship, it's still a Knicks town. And even then probably still a Knicks town. So I'm excited to be here. I agree with you, but like, it's hard to not get caught up in the hype. I mean, we have a home court advantage for the playoffs. No, no, listen, I, I'm all with getting caught up in the hype, in the present, like live in the present. This is a big moment for Nick fans. You, ha- you have home field, a home court advantage. The garden is going to be rocking again. That's beautiful. I just want them to live now. Like don't project, don't look past the Hawks because the Hawks are a good team. If you don't focus on what you're seeing in front of you, you may not be able to get to the next round. So everybody has to be locked into what they're seeing, locked into this series, uh, investing in the Knicks. It's a, it's a beautiful time for the city, period. The fact that Brooklyn's in the playoffs, the Knicks are in the playoffs, the Lakers are in the playoffs. Like, big markets when they're in the playoffs, it just makes the sport better. Everybody realizes, everybody knows that when the Knicks are good, basketball on a whole is good. I'm glad you say that because I feel very strongly about that. Not everyone agrees with me, but I I agree with you on that one. I think when the Knicks are good, basketball is good. Same with the Lakers. I mean, that game was wild. Love that you threw that one in there. I mean, of course, that was like a game for the ages. (laughs) Well, well, you know, my man, LeBron James had to give me one. You know, that's that's what he does. That's what he does. I'm glad that he dedicated that one to you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, listen. The fact that, you know, give people your handle because, you know, we just jumped right into Nick's talk. So give people your handle where they can find you and, you know, what's kind of going on with you right now? Because, you, you, you know, you have your, your, your hands in a lot of things. Absolutely. You guys can find me at, at Gabby Rosenthal, two B's and a Y on Instagram. I post a lot about the Knicks and a lot about sneakers. So get ready. Um, or you can follow us at 
kicks and shit show with the letter n instead of the word and on instagram subscribe to our youtube channel we got a lot of good things cooking um, we have some sponsors we're partnering with another lane which is amazing uh, we're part of the count the dings network and if you subscribe to the bomb podcast feed you can check out all of our latest episodes we uh we actually have a special guest that i think you know coming out in this week's episode then who's that i'll give you a hint his name starts with the same letter that my name does is it is it is it g money yeah i was gonna say my next hint was he's a very picky eater but yes it is <laughs> shouts to g money i survived this week yeah that's 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 my guy man shouts to g money he's a character big time character so i'm definitely going to be tuned into that show as well but listen you guys are you guys are doing well like you know you said you have some sponsors now and and that's that's big going forward for the show you know it, it it's been it's been really, really good. You know, you guys are very consistent. Uh, you're getting good guests. Um, you know, you're tapped into the culture. So, you know, it's 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 really nice to see from a, from a distance how you guys have have kind of progressed over the last you know six months or so. Thank you. I mean, that means a lot. I want to give a shout out to the content creators out there because you know there there's so much work that goes into being consistent to putting out a good product, to putting out something that you're satisfied and and happy with, you know, I mean, shout to you. I, I, even from when I was on the show last, like that's some big ups going on. It's like exciting to see, you know, and there's only more room to grow from here. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm taking baby steps. I'm taking baby steps. You know, it's a big baby. If those are baby steps, let me tell you, maybe you should play for the Knicks. Right. Right. <laughs> well, listen, I, I just, I just kind of, I just put my head down and just go, you know what I mean? Um, because it's all about, you know, we talk about this consistency and, and making sure that you're on top of things and um, just continuing to get better and grow your brand because, you know, people are watching. No matter if you don't think that people are watching, people are watching. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, um, you know, I just continuously try to put out a decent product. I don't know if everybody loves my show, but if you listen to it, I'm sure you'll be very entertained if you do listen to it. So, um. So yeah, so uh, what else is going on with kicks and shit? Is there is there anything else on the horizon, or you want to keep that a little close to the vest? No, I can I can talk a little bit. I mean, I don't know if Gerard is going to be listening, so sorry in advance, Gerard. <laughs> I feel like every show, especially when there's two people, has a different dynamic. Right. I shocking to nobody. I'm a little bit of the uh, more vocal talkative one i mean yes. i was named the way i'm named for a reason i think my parents knew it was coming up um but yeah we've got a lot of big stuff coming up we now that the world's starting to open i think we're going to explore doing some live shows actually being in a studio gerard and i have not ordered uh recorded any of our episodes live so right, right for us i think that's like a necessary next step to see how things go but i mean you know like for kicks and shit we're all about the local culture Absolutely. we're all about tapping into the nuances of the culture and giving a platform uh, to those who might not have it um, in, within the culture as well. So I think with that comes a need for, you know, kicks and shit does America, stuff like that. I think tapping into the local voices around, around the country and throughout the culture, um, that's kind of where I see things going. I think, you know, we've gotten some great feedback with some of our more recent guests and just, you know, more to come. I think sneakers, it's, it's been a thing. People are starting to realize it's a thing. It's so ingrained in so much culture. I mean, I had a friend call me the other day and was like, oh my God, how do I get a pair of Air Jordan 1s? And joking with her, I was like, you don't. <laughs> 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 exactly. 
Um, it, it just, I think the education piece for me is super important. So if there's any way that we can provide a platform and an education to how sneaker culture is headed, how you can participate. I mean, it's intimidating, right? When yes, you want to get something and you have no idea where to begin. And, you know, it didn't always used to be like that. No. So, and I miss those days. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. I miss the I mean, same. when I could be able to just go in a store and say, hey, you see those uh, Jordan 16s? Can I get those in a size eight and a half? Thank you very much. Like, you can't do that anymore. <laughs> so. Nah, yeah. I mean, it's changed so much. And yeah. I think like for us, as long as we can continue to communicate that, continue to um, showcase what's been going on. To me, that makes me happy, you know? And I think like my, I'm very lucky that my professional life outside of kicks and shit, uh, my, my regular hustle to my one of many side hustles also lets me tap into sneaker culture. So that's the dream. Definitely. Definitely. You're definitely living a part of that dream. So shouts to you. Now, in regards to the show, right. In regards to like, you know, probably expanding towards, you know, uh, uh, in studio type of thing. Since you and Gerard has never done a show in person, like, do you think that that dynamic in person is going to be weird or is it just going to be, eh, it's fine. You know what I mean? Like, have you even thought about that a little bit or no? Um, I mean, I think about that a lot. I think Gerard might try to kill me during one of the episodes in the studio (laughs) because I'm one speed. I'm always on. I mean, you're Russell Westbrook. I think think you can ask G about. Yeah, I mean, you could ask G about how how this week's episode went, but right. uh, often imitated, never duplicated. You know what I'm saying? But I think <laughs> it is going to be a vibe. I mean, I think that's the biggest piece. Is like, I I have a hard time when we do like our 10 seconds of silence before we shoot. Like, I have to look the other way, even when Gerard and I are remote. So I think it's going <laughs> to even like continue to elevate what we have. I mean, we met in person. Gerard yeah. does a, a really great. A podcast called seven footers podcast nice. with um my westchester Knicks host jenna lemoncelli as well and i see how he performs the way that gerard moves I-, I learn so much from him every episode i feel very lucky and blessed i think that when you can have a co-host that you have that much chemistry with even if you pretend want to murder each other i mean that in the best way to me it's like that's that's a sign of a successful podcast relationship no, that is you know very, that is bounce very, each very other out that is very, very true. I mean, like, you know, when you have that natural chemistry with your, you know, with, with your co-host, it, it just, it spills out. And the people who are listening or watching, they can feel that. And that's what they, that's what they gravitate to. It's like that natural chemistry. And I, you know, your, your listeners can be able to tap into that and they can also tap into, hey, the chemistry is, it sounds forced or this is not organic I don't really like this you know what I mean so the fact that you already have that the fan base knows that and once you guys you know get in front of each other it's going to be it's going to be insane so I I can't wait for that that's going to be good um you know I I do a solo show so I can only fight myself but um you know hopefully (laughs) I was gonna say you gotta pull up though (laughs) no I'll pull up listen whenever you whenever you want me on the show I can definitely be there could definitely be there and, and, and talk a little sneaker culture and some other stuff as well. Um, I, I'm more of a I'm more of a sports nut, you know that. But um, yeah, it's it's, it's, okay. it's definitely it's definitely gonna be good. Definitely gonna be good. I, I can't wait for that. Can't wait for that. Now let's now, go ahead. Like I said, yeah, go ahead. Damn it. Sorry, like I said, just thinking for a second. I'm I'm here for all of it. So yeah, no, nah, definitely, definitely. So let's let's get back into 
playoff basketball here. You know, we spoke about the Knicks a little bit, and they're playing tomorrow. It's a jam-packed Saturday. It's going to be a jam-packed Sunday. So who we have today, you know, we have Heat Bucks. We have Mavs Clippers. We have Celtics Nets. We have Trailblazers and Nuggets. Is any one of those series to you, like, more dynamic than the other? Like, which one are you actually looking forward to? I mean, I think for me, like, there are no teams that should be slept on right now. Like, I'm really looking forward to Portland. I think Portland's going to be fire. Um, I also think, like, don't sleep on the Celtics. They've had a little bit of a weird season, but you never know. I mean, I think that's what's really interesting about the East Coast. And you tapped into this when we first started talking about the Knicks and the Hawks. Like, there is no easy win, in the, especially in the East Coast, because – that's the level of talent. I mean, we saw how much teams shifted around during the season, you know, in ways that were unexpected more so than what was expected. So I, I don't know. I think it's going to be really interesting. And even when my Knicks aren't in it, which is most of the time, I love playoff basketball. It is a right. different kind of basketball. I mean, I, I'm, I'll stay up to one o'clock in the morning watching a team that is not mine just because it's beautiful to watch. Like we tapped into that Lakers um, Warriors game. That was oh, insane. Yeah. That was a good like, game. That, that game was personal. Oh, it was. It was. It was especially for uh for the Lakers. I think I think the 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 Warriors, you know, they looked at it like, hey, it's just another game. But I think for LeBron and them, it's they had to prove that they're still relevant because everybody has been like writing them off and you know left them for dead because they've had such a rough season in regards to injuries and stuff like that. So you know, they came out shaky, but then that second half, they really showed their 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 grit and their their championship medal. So, yeah, I mean, going to, you know, talking about the Celtics and the Nets, I, I don't think that the Celtics have a legit shot to, like, stun the Nets and win this series. Okay. But, what I, but what I do feel that they can be able to do is they can be able to kind of punch them in the stomach a little bit yeah. because the thing with the Nets, I, I like the superstar talent. They have the greatest superstar talent we've ever seen assembled on one particular team in regards to that trio. But are they going to be healthy enough to maintain and get through the playoffs? Are they going to be in sync to be able to advance through the playoffs? You need chemistry. Like, you know, you can be as talented as you want to be. But if you're not on the same page with your teammates, it's going to be a rough go because when things get tight, when it's less than two minutes, who's going to get the ball? Who's going to make that big shot? Who's going to come up with that big defensive stop? All of these things we have, we, we don't know what the Nets are capable of in that situation. So I'm curious to see that, you know, when Jason Tatum comes out and he's very aggressive and he has it going, and if the game is tight within the, the those last two minutes of the game, what they do and how they respond. No, I agree with you. And I, I think, you know, I just want to clarify, like I'm not I'm not out here saying that the Celtics are going to come out guns ablazing and oh, beat course the not. Nets. But I yeah. do think it'll be interesting to see as the Nets move through the playoffs, because we know they're going to move through the playoffs. Right. But see how these teams chip away at them because I agree with you. It's, it's all about staying healthy and it's about chemistry. And you know, that's what, not to make this about my Knicks, but that's what works with the Knicks right now. That's unexpected is that chemistry 
trumps everything. I mean, yes. it, it took the Lakers a little while to get their footing as they were working through their new team. And then I think, you know, AD and LeBron got into their groove and they found that chemistry. But, you know, sometimes even with the best talent, to your point, it's not always there right away. I mean, I think like for me watching that, that Lakers Warriors game, I totally agree with you that the Lakers had a lot to prove. I think Steph had a lot to prove too, if he could beat that Lakers team without his full roster, right? Like with, right. with Clay being out, I think, you know, and, and that's where the chemistry comes into play, where it's about the chemistry almost more than it is the individual. So to bring it back to the Nets, I think I'm excited to watch that series. I think the Celtics, especially the past couple of years, have had a lot of potential and haven't really lived up to it in the way that I think fans have wanted to see them perform right but the nets don't have an easy route i think at the beginning of the season people are like oh the nets are a shoe in for a championship it's going to be nets lakers no contest the west is always tougher than the east which i i still feel that way the west is a tougher division but there is no team in the east right now that should be slept on yeah i i can see that i think i I think the only team that I I really feel doesn't have a legit chance to, well, two teams. I don't think the Celtics are ready to do much. I don't think that the Hawks are ready to really contend for any Eastern conference crown. Those are the two teams, but the wizards, the wizards, if they get hot, eh, you know, maybe they fall into that category as well as that they're not ready. But I've said this on numerous shows on mine, Gab, that if the Knicks, get some favorable matchups, they can find themselves in the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm not saying yep. that they're going to get to the NBA Finals. That you know, I think that the Eastern Conference Finals is their ceiling for this particular team this year. But they, can, they, they do have a shot here to really shock some people. But the next round, if they do win this series, they're going against the Sixers. So let's project a little bit. If the Knicks do win... How do you think that they stack up against the Sixers or how they stack up against the Wizards if the Wizards go ahead and shock the world? I mean, I think, again, it comes down to being healthy, right? Like, that's the biggest piece with the Sixers is they've had a, a bit of a season that, you know, we've been waiting for for a while now. They've had the talent. It's, like, finally starting to come together. Um, I, there's, not a, there's not an easy road for the Knicks, you know? I mean... I think I can speak for pretty much all of New York and say, though, whatever the Knicks have to do to get there, I am hoping for a Knicks-Nets conference finals. Interesting. To me, that is just as good as an NBA finals. Right. <laughs> I'll would, take it. That would, be, that would be pretty, pretty interesting to see that go on. Now, let's kind of break down this, uh, this Knicks-Hawks series. Now, okay. what do you think is the, the biggest – worry for the Knicks in regards to the series. We all know about Trey Young, but who's the I was X just gonna factor? say Trey Young is yeah. who who's the who's the other X factor that you guys are are not thinking about but can potentially have a big series. I mean I think you know you know I love my man's Gallinari so I'm excited to see him oh, um, shouts to the rooster <laughs> mm-hmm. but you know I don't know I think that the Hawks are a team where if the right player is hot, then you got to watch out, you know? I mean, Trey, Trey's, Trey's proved his consistency, you know, depending on who's healthy, depending on who's playing. I don't know. I mean, 
like I said, they're a team that shouldn't be slept on. I, I don't think any Knicks fans are expecting this to be an easy series. Right. We just got to continue to play our game and not worry about what the Hawks are doing. I think that's what's going to get the Knicks success in this playoff series. Right, 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 right. No, definitely. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to see how the Knicks brand of basketball, that physical, you know, get in your face uh, type of type of style works with the Hawks because the Hawks, the Hawks are not a they're not a big time physical team. They like to shoot the outside shot. They're a little finesse. So it's definitely going to be a clash of styles to see exactly how this goes on. So I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to see how these Knicks go and how they how they, uh, you know, how they particularly adjust game to game, because that's what the playoffs are about. It's about adjusting. It's about getting getting the right matchups. It's about taking advantage of those matchups and really seeing how these players respond game to game. That's why I, that's why I love the playoffs because it's 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 a it's a chess match. It's always a chess match. So, I'm definitely really looking forward to that. I I totally feel the same way and I think, you know, unlike other sports like football, you know, it's a series. So, yeah. you never know how it's going to go. It's 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 a grudge match. Every round is a grudge match. Right, 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 right. So, I you know the 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 game that I'm looking forward to today. It's the Mavericks and, and uh, Clippers. That's that's the game that I'm I'm locked into because I I can't stand the Clippers. So I am going to be watching because I want to see them lose and lose badly. Um, I think in the Western Conference, everybody's everybody's kind of confused about who's the best team and who has the best chance of getting through. I hear a lot of people talk Clippers. I hear a lot of people say that the Utah Jazz are the favorites. I hear a lot of people say that the Phoenix Suns have a chance to get to the Western Conference Finals or the yep. NBA Finals. I hear people say that the Nuggets uh, have a chance. Here's my thing. All of those particular teams, yes, they have chances. But when you're dealing with the Los Angeles Lakers and LeBron James, you don't want to see LeBron James in a seven-game series. It's the hardest obstacle to overcome. And I don't think that those teams at the top, whether it be Phoenix, whether it be Utah, whether it be Denver or the Clippers, really have enough to be able to overcome that. Like the Lakers are the first team in NBA history to actually be the – they're not the underdogs in a in a two seven matchup. They're actually the favorites in a two seven matchup. And I said on my last podcast on Tuesday that this Lakers team reminds me of the 1995 Houston Rockets. Now you know I'm dating myself a little uh, bit. Okay. I remember now I'm thinking about it. I'm I'm in that same age bracket, my friend. Yeah. So you know I don't know if you remember, but remember the. Rockets beat the Knicks in seven games in 94. Uh, it was, you know, it was a tough time for, 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 for the Knicks in the city, but you guys played well and you, you, you know, you came up short the following season, the Rockets decided that they needed to shake things up. So they made some, you know, trade deadline moves. The chemistry was off. They didn't play well down the stretch and they fell to the sixth seed. There was a lot of good teams that year, San Antonio, Phoenix, Seattle was ahead of them. And everybody kind of didn't really count the 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 uh the Rockets in a 
in a situation where they were going to win the championship or they had a chance to be contenders again or defend their crown. And they went ahead and battled through the playoffs and got to the finals and they swept the, the uh, upstart Orlando Magic with Shaquille O'Neal and Penny Hardaway and ended up winning back-to-back titles. So they were the lowest seed to ever win an NBA championship. And they did it in a, in, and they did back to back. The Lakers are really in that type of category where they're looking at that 95 Houston Rockets team and they're saying, this is us. This is our situation here. You know, people, you know, they may be counting us out a little bit, but if we get right, if our chemistry is correct, we can be able to make some noise in this playoffs and get right back to where we want to be. So I'm, I'm really interested to see how they respond. I want to see how they play against the Phoenix Suns. You know, there's, there's so many matchups here in the playoffs that, you know, we could talk about and go through. They're all going to be good. Um, you know, I'm interested to see how the Wizards and the Sixers play. Um, I, I want to see how Russell responds because he's been struggling in his playoff career. A Grizzlies and Jazz with John ja Morant. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm definitely really, really excited for this weekend. Um, this is my time of year. I love playoff basketball for the NBA, and I love, uh, you know, postseason baseball. That, those are my things. So, um, you know, really looking forward to that. Yeah, I mean, I think you make a lot of great points, and there's a ton of great matchups. And I think, again, you know, the one thing that's beautiful is normally we don't have much basketball. We were starting to wind down at this time of year, right. at least, you know, as a Knicks fan, we've been hanging out for a little while. But um, it's it's nice that this is just the beginning, you know, like there's a lot of good basketball to come. And I think having that throughout the summer, you know, along with the WNBA, to me, right. it's like... And then going into potential summer league games in August, like what a beautiful time. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot to watch. There's a lot of excitement. I think, you know, the West is really tough. So bless that the Knicks are not in the West. Um, But I do think that there's a lot of great matchups. And I think we're at the stage where some of these like bigger players that are like the legends of this generation, to your point, you know, the superstars that are on the nets, uh, Russell Westbrook, there's a lot of chips on a lot of shoulders right now. And there's a lot to prove. I mean, for me, and when it comes to the West would love to see all the success for D book, but it's not going to be an easy ride. You know, I think they got a bit snubbed last season and he had a breakout year and I'm happy to see him continue that into the season. Right. But you know, I think they talk about Devin Book in the way that they talk about other teams that don't have a ton of other supporting superstars. But, you know, at least the Suns have him and he's been able to carry that team. So I'm excited to see where they go. But each of the teams that are in the this current playoff series, there's at least one person to watch that's going to oh, yeah. hold it all together for that team. So I- I'm excited to see it. You know, I'm excited to be at the Garden tomorrow. It's going to be rocking. Yeah. Yeah, Come say yeah. hi to me if you guys are at MSG. You know, I will be there in head to toe Knicks gear and all my glory. <laughs> I just got to say one thing, though. You know, when the Knicks kind of turned it around and went on that streak, right? That big, big streak. Yeah. That is when I made my debut back at MSG. I'm not oh, saying it's related. So you're trying to say that you're the one that gave the Knicks the. the I'm not the saying it's related, <laughs> but it's. Too much of a coincidence not to know this. I'm undefeated going to Knicks games this year. I'm a knock on wood for that one. But oh my god! All right, okay. So you know, um, when the Knicks fans hear this, if they do lose, you know they're gonna. Come oh, I'm gonna to get. A, I'm gonna get a lot in my DMs. They're gonna be like, <laughs> a lot of trash talk. Bring it right. on, fans! Oh, I, I live for it. <laughs> 
Um, now you, you, you mentioned the WNBA. I, I wanted to get your, your take on the WNBA. How do you feel about the current state? Do you feel that the sport can be able to prosper and get bigger because they're in this, you know, they're in this funny situation where, you know, they're not getting a lot of eyes on their product. And it's, it's a very, you know, you, you hear different takes on it that, regular basketball fans or the casual basketball fans, they don't, they don't really care to watch it. And it's like, I, I ask people and they say, well, the product is not fun to watch. And I disagree. I think that the WNBA, it's a different product. It's a different brand of basketball. They're not high flyers, but fundamentally they're very sound. They're good shooters. They have great footwork. They can be able to finish around the rim. It's great teamwork. It's a different type of basketball game. Do you feel that going forward, they can be able to catch lightning in a bottle and be able to grow the sport the way they want to? Or do you think that, you know, how they are right now is just is just where they'll stay? Or where, where, they, where they'll stay in regards to, like, you know, where they are currently? Um, I mean, I wish you could see my face when you were talking about that. I was like, sheesh. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, I think it, it finally, after 25 years, people are starting to catch on to the W. Like, I love seeing the support from the NBA. Yeah. I think Adam Silver has done a great job of building up the league. I mean, I think to me, the WNBA, it, it is exciting to watch. It's fun. I love seeing I, these women I superstars. Agree finally getting a platform that they've deserved for a long time. I mean, we see a lot of the inequities and I think, you know, it's come to light the differences when I've worked Liberty games. I mean, they've been like full games. They're, they're great to watch. And I think from a skill set standpoint, and if you love like the nineties basketball, that was all about passing and teamwork. How could you not like the W because that's what the foundation of WNBA is. I mean, these girls, these women, excuse me, these women are amazing athletes and I hope they continue to get the coverage, the, the accolades, the salary caps that they all deserve. I mean, they work, they work their butts off. And I think, you know, I love seeing what Sabrina Ionescu is doing some of even what the sneaker culture is doing around women's basketball, these players, you know, I think it's, there's always room to grow, but to me, it shows the state of where we're at as a country, right. That, we talk a lot about equality. We're still not there. I right. think the WNBA and the league and the commissioner and each of the teams and the athletes that, that populate each of those teams, they've done a great job. And I think just seeing where the W has come, even in the past couple of years, I think, you know, having NBA during WNBA was kind of like a little bit of a push that women's basketball needed. I, I hate to say that in the sense that, you know, we're not there yet that it can do it on its own because the sport does deserve to be able to have those accolades on, on its own right. without any support of the NBA. But I, I do think I love seeing kind of that, that cross support. And there's a lot of great activism and social support in the W too. I mean, that's not to be slept on either. Um, yeah. I looks- think it's still going to take some time. I think, I don't think that I, I wouldn't call the WNBA stagnant by any means. I think there's a lot of conversation around it. I think there's a lot of big things to come. I think people are starting to recognize like this is a thing. I think like 10 years ago, I'd be like, I don't know if this is going to continue to be a thing, but I love seeing the way that the league has turned things around and, you know, really given 
these women a platform. And I think it's just going to continue to grow. I mean, you're seeing more programming around WNBA um, shows and Instagram accounts and YouTube series dedicated to the W. So I, I love to see it. I'm, I'm excited and I hope things continue to, to grow because I mean, these women are, are next level and, and don't right now get the full credit that they deserve. Yeah, listen, I, I definitely agree. I think I think the next st- the next step for the WNBA is that they have to find that next transcendent star and just put the rocket behind them. You know, what I mean, like they have to yep. do that to, to be able to put them in a different stratosphere. Like maybe it is Sabrina. Maybe she is the next transcendent superstar for the WNBA because, you know, she has the appeal. She can shoot. She can score. She's a she's a triple double threat. Um, you know, she plays in New York, so that helps a lot as well. So if they can be able to really tap into that and, and, and push her and make so many different eyes and little girls see her and, you know, she continues to play great, you know, they may have something here. I had said something on, you know, a, a, a few shows back that I think the WNBA needs to start looking at putting teams in smaller markets. And what I mean by that is that those, those, those cities that don't have any, any uh, professional sports, right? If you put a WNBA team in that city, they're the biggest game in town. You know, they're kind of like minor league baseball, you know, the minor league baseball is in these towns that they don't have much professional teams, if any. And that minor league team you know, has all the great events there. It's a it's a great family gathering. Everybody knows the players. Advertising is out of the roof. Uh, uh, sponsorship, all of that stuff is great. I think that that's something that they really need to invest in because as good as the Liberty, as good as they are, you know, they've never won a championship and they, they have to compete in a market that's so crazy in New York. You know what I mean? You have the Knicks, you have the Nets, you have the 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 Yankees, the Mets, the Giants, the Jets, Rangers, Islanders. You know, they they can be able to, you know, create their own buzz. It's hard for them, but they can do it. If other markets, smaller markets that don't have any professional teams end up getting into a WNBA team, man, that thing would be exciting for the league. And it'll be exciting for those small markets. You know what I mean? Like that, that's the way I feel the WNBA can really be able to make their, make their headway and really get as big as they want to be. You know what I mean? Like, what are your thoughts on that? No, I hear you. I think that's an interesting thought. I mean, I think you can't have the W without having those big markets, but yeah, I no, agree in terms saying, of expansion. Not saying to, I to mean, be out of those big markets, but as well as, you know, kind of put everything together. You know what I mean? Like have the small markets as well as the big major markets too. No, I agree. And, you know, I'm going to look at a little bit of kind of a weird example um, and look at what was it? The Alliance Football League? Yes. That you know, there was so much conversation around that. And I think if it wasn't for the pandemic, there would have been a really great shot with that for the Lions football, because to me, you know, they, they aligned with the right people, um, the right brands starter did the uniforms that were super fire and they targeted these smaller markets, like that don't normally have a team. And I agree with you. I think, you know, people who might not know the value of that might be like, Oh, it's a smaller market. They're going to get lost. I, I agree with you completely. Instead. I think, they're not going to get lost, but that gives them those, those teams a chance to thrive. Like 
even going to Liberty games for years up in Westchester, seeing how Westchester at the County center, you know, right. they had a local team in exactly. their backyard. That is a professional team, you know, That's huge. And you get a personal connection, right? Yes. Like whether it's from the security and the ushers that bring you to your seat to the timeless torches performing at halftime right. to getting to high five the players as they're coming on the court, because, you know, it's a little bit smaller and more intimate arena. You feel like you're a part of it. And I exactly. think that that's something that's really beautiful. Exactly. And that's like the grassroots kind of approach that I think would really help the W as well. Totally agree. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's what I would love to see because, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many little girls out there that, I'm sure, you know, not having a professional team in their small little town or a small market or whatever it is, they get that. They now can be able to see that on a game-to-game basis and aspire to be like that. Not saying that they can't do it now, but it's just a little bit more intimate, a little bit more personal for them, you know what I mean? So I, I, I think that that's something that they really should entertain. You know, if they do it, wonderful. If not, then, you know, I'm still going to support them and see exactly how they can be able to grow the brand. But I just think that, it would just make it would just make the WNBA just take off, in my opinion. You know what I mean? And and I want to see them, I want to see them succeed. Um, I really, I really want to see them, you know, get better and and continue to grow because they've been around for a long time. And, you know, you, you would think that people are aware of that and kind of catch on. You know what I mean? Like they've been around a long time and they've been They've been fighting, they've been battling, they've been going through the motions and trying to fight for, you know, higher salaries and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I like the fact that they, they're continuing the, the, the fight and they're not giving up and they're trying to push the game forward as well as, you know, there's, there's great young girls and women, excuse me, that are coming out of college that, you know, they, they're ready for superstardom. So, you know, uh, kudos to the WNBA. Shouts to Sabrina Ionescu, I, I, I love her game. Uh, the fact that she's a she's a Kobe disciple really makes me even more supportive of her. So, um, you know, I'm definitely interested to see what happens with the WNBA going forward. Yeah, and I think you know we're the W's at a place right now where um I love the idea of an expansion. I don't know if they're able to do that yet. I think there's still more to prove, but. Right. Would love to see, I mean, even just looking at how the the National Hockey League, you know, with their expansion, it's been a huge success. Right. I think now that there's a lot more eyes on the W, like I said, I'm excited to see where things go. It would be interesting to see if they do add other teams or even move teams to some of these smaller markets, just as a test, you know, depending on some of the, the team owners and how that could work and come to life. Right. But I think, you know, I know I mentioned a little bit about like the inequality in sports and that that's an issue. And, you know, I know it's something that we don't really talk about, but if you look at athletes as a whole outside of outside of basketball, people talk about the goat when it comes to sports, right? Like, I I think it was, what was it? A Carfax commercial with Steph Curry and Serena. Yeah. And like, that was the first time that they were like, Oh, well she has X amount of championships and Steph was like, well, I'm working on that. That was the, to me, that commercial was so controversial because Serena doesn't have a signature shoe. Right. She's one of the greatest athletes of our time, but because the way that culture is and sports is, we've seen a lot of progress, but that's why I say we're not there yet. Why does one of the greatest athletes of all time, independent of gender, not have her own franchise? 
or her own product. To me, that's why the W isn't getting the accolades that it should or the the player exclusives in the way that NBA does. I mean, I feel like sometimes you look at some of the sneaker collabs in the NBA and you're like, now everybody has a collab, you know, I'm waiting for like the water boy and the Lakers to get his own shoe at some point. <laughs> but, you know, you see in the W there's not, there's like sometimes a colorway. Yeah. But you don't really see a lot of conversation around that. To me, I know I equate everything to sneakers, but it's a no, microcosm it, for how the world is right now in the it, world of sports. Is that that's fine though? Because the thing is, that's how things can take off. Like MJ, yeah. MJ became great in two fields. He was great on the basketball court, but he also changed the culture of the sneaker game as well. So he revol- he revolutionized two things at one time. So there's nothing wrong with like you know, going into that market and tapping in, you know, rappers are doing it. There's so many people that have shoes now. So yeah, you're definitely right. Like, you know, people like Sabrina, uh, Serena Williams should definitely have their own line, her own brand. But it's just like, I never even really thought about that. But the fact that, you know, you're you're more of a sneakerhead than I am, that makes a lot of sense in regards to why she doesn't have that. You know what I mean? And she's one of the greatest athletes to ever walk the planet. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I almost look at it as in the opposite way. Right. Cause I, I agree with everything what you're saying, especially with MJ, you know, that he was a pioneer in both of those fields, but I look at sneakers as a social commentary instead of it being like, like why have like the fact that athletes have sneakers versus not have sneakers, you know, to your point, like the rappers that all have their own collabs and sneakers yet one of the greatest athletes of all time. Right. You know, Beyonce has a collection before Serena has a collection. It just shows to me, not that Beyonce is not worthy. Ivy Park has had great success. I mean, I think they've been doing some really dope stuff, but to me, I look at it opposite that it's a social commentary that the world doesn't view women's sports as having the same platform as a Beyonce, as a a different rapper, as men's basketball, even some of these more B-list players versus a Serena or a WNBA. That's fair. That's definitely fair. I I, I agree, man. I, I think when you think about the landscape of American sports, the only women's team or athlete that really gets the respect, I would say, in my opinion, are the women's soccer players. And even so, that's a struggle. I even, agree with and, you. And even that's a struggle. Exactly. So it's like, you know, hopefully at some point, you know, we're, we're able to, to be able to recognize, you know, these athletes. I don't want to, I don't even want to say women athletes, these athletes as, Mm -hmm. as what they are, because, you know, they, they, they are paving their own way. They, they are, they are, you know, they're, they're, they're inspirations to the next generation, whether it be little boys or little girls. So, you know, they, they, they have to continue to push on and, uh, and trailblaze and, and create those lanes for, for people and, and create the lanes for themselves so they can be able to be at the, at the, uh, the big table with these big brands and, and negotiate bigger contracts and stuff like that. So I am, um, I, I'm looking forward to it, looking forward to it. I'm always, I'm always watching it. Like I, I had a, I had a YouTube video out months ago when Draymond Green had said what he said. Um, and I was saying that, Hey, listen, you know, instead of putting on all the WNBA gear, what are you doing to help them push the game forward? It's, it's one thing to put on a shirt, 
but how are you actually helping them advance the ball? You know what I mean? So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm curious to see how, how everything unfolds. I am as well. I mean, like I said, it's, it's going to be a really interesting year. It's important to watch. Um, I think the, the way that last season ended for the W, I mean, whew, it's a, a ton of great basketball and, you know, seeing some of the, the legends of the WNBA, you know, Sue Bird, um, Diana Taurasi, UConn players, seeing how they've evolved throughout the game, you know, mixed with some of these newer breakout stars like a Sabrina Ionescu. I'm excited to watch it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, you know, going going back to your Knicks now, Gab. Uh, <laughs> I need a I need a fair assessment from you. Like, don't be a Knicks fan right now. Just be a basketball analyst and an observer. How many games does this series go? I mean, even if I was a crazy dreaming Knicks fan, I still, I, there's no way we're going to sweep any of the series, but I don't, that's not what it's about. Right. I think the Knicks are going to beat the Hawks in six. Okay. You're going six. That's yep. fair. That's fair. I, I actually had picked the Knicks in seven. Um, but if they, if they get, if they get six, because the way I see this series going, I see this series being a home series. I think the Knicks yep. are going to take the first two. I think the Hawks are going to go to Atlanta and take that. And I think it's just going to be a home series. So whatever team has the home court, which the Knicks do, they're going to have yep. the advantage and win the series. So, um, you know, I, I'm really, really interested to see this. And, and um, you know, my eyes are going to be locked in all weekend on playoff basketball. Like, you know, my poor son, he may need me. I, I, I he's going <laughs> to, He's going to have to come downstairs and ask me for, because I'm just going to be on the TV. You know, my job is to watch games. So I have to be there and watch these games and I feel bad for him. But, you know, if he doesn't want to watch them, then, you know, he's going to have to maybe make his own food or something. I'm not sure how this is going to work. I love it though. I think it's, it's going to be an exciting weekend. You know, it's a shame that it's so beautiful out because I'm going to be glued to the TV, but exactly. It's um, like 90 degrees today. I, I know. I, I don't, I don't even know how to dress anymore. I was like our bike shorts, appropriate social attire. I don't know. We're going to go with it. I think it's a vibe, but uh, New York is open, man. I mean, I was out um, on Thursday and people are out in the streets. It's a wild time. You know, every, every day it's a different rule. Yeah. I'm fully vaccinated. I'm outside of the two week window. So I'm officially fully vaccinated. I think nice. it's crazy to me that there's not an app that I have to carry around a piece of paper that proves that I'm vaccinated. Like <laughs> what, what decade are we in? I don't even know, but <laughs> I, I think, you know, warm weather aside, uh, me and my bike shorts are going to be uh, parked in front of the TV as well. <laughs> Very excited. Awesome. That's what's up. Listen, I, I am I am getting there. I, I, I still haven't had my appointment yet, but I, I will be going. Uh, but even when I do get my full vaccination, I, I'm not going to lie to you, Gab. I, I'm I think the mask is here to stay for me. I think um, I think I've learned so much in the past year and change about people's spit flying and people not washing their hands when they go to the bathroom and certain things that we used to just take for granted back in the day. I, I'm, I'm more of a germaphobe now than I've ever been in my life. So maybe the mask stays for me. (laughs) 
I mean, I don't, I don't blame you. I mean, I'm a little bit bummed that we don't have the overnight subway cleaning anymore. Not that I take the subway that much these days, but I think, you know, if this pandemic has taught us nothing else, people of America, we're disgusting y'all, you know, (laughs) so continue to wash your hands, even if you're at home watching playoff basketball, (laughs) even if you're on your couch, not moving for the next eight hours. Just continue to wash your hands, please. Wash your hands, y'all. Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Gat, listen, this has been fun. Thank you for coming back on the show. You know, I, 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 I really appreciate you doing that. The fact that, you know, the Knicks were in it, you know, they, they were early on in the season and you predicted, you predicted that they were going to be in the playoffs. So I I gotta, I gotta give you flowers for that. You know, I was very, very pessimistic about that. You were optimistic and you won out. So I have to be able to, be the bigger man, be the bigger person and apologize and say, <laughs> you were right. You were right. Um, well, I appreciate that. It's always a pleasure coming on the show. And you know what? I'm optimistic every season. So every once in a while, it actually works. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're just shooting your shot and hope. Yep. hope shoot your shot. That's exactly what it is. Shoot or shoot, right? <laughs> definitely. Definitely. So, you know, just tell everybody your handles again, where they can find you and what's going on for the future for you. Absolutely. And thank you again so much. Always a pleasure. Um, You guys can find me on Instagram at Gabby Rosenthal, or you can follow our sneaker podcast called the kicks and shit show. Um, We're on Instagram, YouTube. We're part of the count the dings network um, and the bomb podcast feed. We out here in these streets, lots of good stuff to come. Absolutely. 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 So, you know, we'll, we'll definitely talk again and I'll be watching all your shows like I always do. So, uh, you know, (laughs) keep, keep pushing on. Um, keep doing, doing the stuff that you guys are doing. You have a great product. You have a great show. Shouts to Gerard, shouts to everybody. So, you know, definitely keep, keep grinding. Likewise. Um, and I'm, I'm excited to see where things head with you as well. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I, be I, got, glad. I have some, I have some things on the horizon. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Some, okay. some, some changes are coming. <laughs> okay. I'm here for, I mean, from what I've seen already, like it's, it's all good stuff. Yeah. I'm excited. All right. So I'll talk to you. All right. Thank you again. Oh, next. I'd like to thank Gabby for coming on the show. Shouts to her. Um, doing a lot of stuff. Loves her Knicks. I issued my apology. That's that's as far as I'm gonna go with the Knicks. But definitely big shouts to Gabby. Coming up after the break, the greatest segment on the planet, dummy of the week. On a Saturday. It's all even. This is the God Jensen Gals. Just want to give a shout out to All Even Podcast, the best sports podcast out there. Keep up the amazing work. Also check us out at CigarJensenGals.com, where everyday apparel for cigar smokers. Let's get it. What's going on? What's up with you? It's your boy, the Candyman, the ALFRE to the D. It's your boy, Alfred, from the Rap Lab Podcast. And it's the one and only True G. Just call me the QG from the Rap Lab Podcast. And you tuned in to All Even with Barry Grant. Boy, that shit. Crazy. Welcome back, y'all. So without further ado, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. Dummy, yeah. We pick candidates on Tuesday and Saturday, and then we pick the winner on that Saturday show. So I had the Clippers as a candidate on Tuesday, but they're not the winner. As much as I want to give it to them, they're not the winner. There's only one winner today. May I have the drum roll, please? And the winner is Tony LaRussa, manager for the Chicago White Sox. 
Tony Larusa is my Tommy, yeah. because, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, listen to this. White Sox are blowing out the Twins, and the Twins go ahead and put a position player in the game to bat against rookie Yerman Mercedes. The guy throws a lollipop 45 mile per hour curveball, or whatever you want to call it, on a 3 0 count. And Yerman knocks it out of the park, clobbers the ball. Mr. LaRusa is upset, the unwritten rules. He, he apologized to the Twins, not backing his players. So now the White Sox players want nothing to do with their manager. This is why guys like Mr. LaRusa, dinosaurs like Mr. LaRusa, don't belong in the game anymore. They can speak about it. They have no business managing young guys like this in this game. Because these unwritten rules in baseball. Why is this such a big deal? It got so bad that the next game, they plunked him at the plate. Hit him. Hit Yerman, Mercedes. Right? Tony Russell didn't back his player. So now you have Tim Anderson, who's the, the captain of the White Sox took to Instagram and Twitter and was like, yo, if you're going to have position players up there throwing lollipop uh, pitches up there, we're going to knock it out of the park every time and tell you that you need to be better. Instead of looking at the Twins like they should do better, you go ahead and throw your own players under the bus. I'm an old school guy. I love old school stuff. I would love for baseball to go back to small ball and all that stuff. But in regards to this... The players are 100% right. You should air out your manager. You should make him feel like he's a leper. You should not actually listen to anything he says at this point. Because for you to not back your rookie catcher after he realized what they're doing and made them pay for it is ridiculous. So what I want Mr. LaRusa to do is write out all of these unwritten rules for these new players to make them understand it. Because I would love to see it. I would love to know where that is because there's no rule in baseball that says that if somebody disrespects you and throws a lollipop over the plate, you're just supposed to just take it and take your base. Says who? Says who? What type of stupid ass rule is that anyway? This is why baseball is in the situation that it's in. This is why they can't get casual fans because dinosaurs like Tony La Russa won't allow the game to grow, won't allow the game to be competitive to the point where... If things like that happen, let the players be able to deal with it. Instead of you saying, oh, well, that's not the way I play. Yeah, yeah, it's not 1905 anymore. It really isn't. There's no way you should actually be a manager in this day and age in baseball. You're too old. And that's the only time that I will ever say that somebody's too old to do something. Because I respect my elders. I respect the elderly community. But this particular situation, get your old ass out of baseball. If you want to sit there and be on your rocking chair and say, well, I hate the game. I don't like the way it's played. You can do that. You can do that in the confines of your own old ass home on your old ass chair with your old ass TV. Because I'm sure you don't have a next gen TV. I'm sure your TV is not 4K. I'm sure your TV doesn't have any apps on it because you probably don't know how to use it. When Tony La Russa hears Uber, he probably thinks it's some player. <laughs> He probably thinks it's some player from another country. Get this dude. 
Get this dude out of here. Unwritten rule. You know what a new unwritten rule should be? Don't allow Tony La Russa to coach in, in baseball. Don't allow him anywhere near young players. That should be an unwritten rule too. Because this team is very good. And they're good despite their old ass manager that still has a Nokia brick. <laughs> he probably don't even have an iPhone. Come on. <laughs> Get him out of here. It was beautiful to hear CC Sabathia air him out on his podcast. Man, that was great. There were a whole bunch of F-bombs in this. It, it, listen, it was, it was not for the faint of heart. It was not for children. But I respect it because he's right. He's 100% right. I'm not saying that the old school way of managing is the right way. And I'm not saying that the full analytical way is the right way. There needs to be a blend. And what Tony La Russa is talking about, that ain't it. That ain't it. You back your players no matter what. And what you can be able to do is that you can be able to go to Yerman and say that, hey, listen, I respect what you did. I'm going to back you 100%. But just know that, you know, some of these guys out here are going to throw at you. So you're going to have to expect that. But I got your back 100%. That's what you do to your players. You do not make them feel like they, they've done something wrong. They did not do anything wrong. Nobody did anything wrong except you. Except you, Mr. LaRusa. So what you need to do is you need to call Commissioner Manfred and ask him, hey, is there any jobs that you have in the front office? Because I don't think I'm going to be in Chicago that much longer. You should not be comfortable in your chair right now because the players have started a mutiny and they're right. They want to get your old ass out and they're right to do so. So when the White Sox give you that pink slip, don't expect it to be on paper. Expected to be through something that they call email. <laughs> so Tony Larusa, you may not know what the phrase taking an L is, and you're taking one right now. But you're a winner for a dummy of the week. That's all for this show. That's all for this week. I'll see you guys on Tuesday. Until then, stay safe, stay cool. Peace. You can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at All Even Podcasts. Listen to the show on Podbeam, Amazon Music, Spotify, and wherever you find your podcasts available. And check out my YouTube channel, All Even Podcasts. And don't forget to like, share, and hit that subscribe button. When it comes to personal style, it's not just about a signature look. You can build your style piece by piece. With new colors, fabrics, and styles, it's the perfect time to add new layers with Indochino. From classic suits to stylish outerwear, get made-to-measure quality at an off-the-rack price. Add fresh layers to your fall style with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code PODCAST to get 10% off any purchase, $3.99 or more. That's 10% off at Indochino.com, code PODCAST. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.